This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c And I don't think our society really allows mothers to do that. We're like a go-getter mindset, but we all need rest. And that's mental rest. And that's also physical rest, which I don't think we do enough of. Hello, and welcome back to the Pete's Doc Talk podcast. This podcast continues to grow because of you and your reviews. So if you have not already, make sure to leave that review or rating or leave it again. It helps this podcast grow and helps more people discover it. On this episode of Monday Mornings with Dr. Mona, I am talking with a mom of a toddler who struggles with resentment towards societal expectations that have been placed on mothers. Hello. I'm so happy you could join me today. Tell me, what is on your mind today as a mom? Hello, Dr. Mona. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Well, as a mom, there's always so many things on my mind, but um, every so often, usually in times of overwhelm, I'll have this constant thought that keeps coming up and it's just about how difficult and how challenging it is to be a mom, to be a woman, like just being female. On a daily basis, we deal with like biologically periods, cramps, you know, everything that comes with that and the monthly hormone changes, then like pregnancy and postpartum and the pain and struggle that we endure. And it's just so much on our bodies. And on top of that, we're like raising a new human and working through this new identity as a mom. And it's not just that, there's these psychological changes that happen mentally and emotionally that take place after becoming a mom. Well, I mean, they could start during pregnancy as well. Mm -hmm. It's just that you know, that constant worry or just always be on or just that natural concern for a child, you know, it just automatically happens. And along with that, uh, in through motherhood, there's that invisible and constant mental load. And just being that default parent, um, there's just a lot of stress involved. It's just a lot of thinking. And even more so, what makes it frustrating is when you see how society and different cultures, they just set expectations of women. There's like that double standard. And like talking specifically about US culture, there just isn't much support for mothers, nor are they valued for their role in society. So just thinking about all that makes those feelings stronger and makes them worse. And when you like compare it to fathers or just males and females in general, it just looks like females have it so much harder in so many ways. And it's just been really challenging for me to kind of move past this view or just somehow be more empowered by being a woman, a mom. And, you know, like I know how much mothers can do and how much they're capable of. And it's amazing. But 
I have a daughter and she's two and I don't want her to grow up with these same feelings, you know? So it's just a bit challenging for me to move past that. I'm so grateful you came on because everything you mentioned so far, you know, the challenges of becoming a mom, the identity, the psychological changes, the mental load, the default parent. Mm-hmm, I mean, I think mm-hmm. every single one of us can agree, um, especially if you are a mom listening to this, that you've also felt at some point either all of this together or different parts of this at one given time. And first off, I do want to say that about that whole psychological changes that happen after becoming a mom, that is actually a real thing. Mm -hmm. We call it mom brain. For anyone who has not listened to episode 73, I actually recorded it with an author of a book called Mom Brain that talks about the psychological changes that happen after becoming a mom that is different than if you have a male partner or a father, right? This is different things that we go through. And you know, that double standard that you mentioned, there is absolutely a double standard in motherhood and fatherhood. You know, you have a father go out on the street and, you know, is walking their child. Society will look at that father and say, oh my God, look at that dad being a good dad. But if a mom is doing the exact same thing, walking their child down the street or playing with their child, Mm -hmm. they're not going to get the label as a good mom. They're just going to get the label as, oh, this is a mom doing what a mom should be doing. Mm -hmm. And that is a huge double standard that doesn't seem Fair. And I agree with that. You know, I always wonder, and I'm excited to have my husband on the podcast because we're going to talk about this, you know, like, hey, what is it really that you think about? And, you know, the biases that we have, you know, for ourselves or each other, whatever. But I'm very interested to see if fathers go through the same things that we go through. And I don't think they do because when I talk to a lot of women, they tell me, you know, if they are married to a male partner, that their male partner is thinking about other things, right? Mm -hmm. We all will think about different things. I know fatherhood as its own entity is not immune to anything, you know, all the struggles that we also may go through, but they are dealing with maybe different mindset shifts or different struggles, but we do carry a lot Mm -hmm. as women. And I do believe and agree that based on just the psychological changes and those hormonal changes that you mentioned earlier, that absolutely this is scientific. This isn't just like us thinking this is happening. This is actually a reality. Yeah. But my question for you, you mentioned that you have a hard time, you know, you're raising your daughter who's two and, you know, obviously she's, a, am sure an amazing toddler mm-hmm. and you're trying to create this sort of, you know, empowering environment for her. You mentioned that there are some barriers. What is most frustrating or hardest for you to be able to take this sort of reality of the situation and move forward with it? Like what is the hardest um, thing for you to do with that information? So I think like, I know when these feelings are overpowering and it's not all the time. They're usually when I'm like really overwhelmed or burnt out and, you know, like just exhausted. And on top of that, I'm like, Oh my God, like, you know, oh cramps or, Oh, I'm still achy from whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, Oh, it just sucks being a woman. And, you know, like if I can prevent those moments of overwhelm or if I can take more time, you know, or just be consistent with the daily time for myself and just meeting those basic needs, I know that these feelings won't come up as much. And I think another thing is that sometimes boundaries aren't set. And Mm -hmm. I know this from like listening to your podcasts, which I find, you know, they've been really helpful in just like other aspects of motherhood. But like, I noticed that like, if I'm not one, taking time for myself to not, you know, 
keeping certain things like sometimes just having a clean house keeps me mentally sane. And I know like, you know, those are things that will help me if I'm not going out for my walk and, you know, all these little steps that I know will prevent me from feeling this way. I think when I don't do them, those come up as barriers as to trying to overcome this, just view this perspective that, you know, is reality. Like scientifically you said, it's just reality. And I just want to feel less like negative about it. You know, I just wanted to feel more empowering. And that's a hard thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm not in your shoes, nor are you in mine. Everyone is going to be in a different situation. And I think you said it perfectly that it's embracing the feelings that you're Mm -hmm. having. It doesn't, embracing doesn't mean that you are like, this is awesome. Life is great. This is perfect. This is exactly how I want my life to be. No, Mm -hmm. it's accepting what's happening in your reality and not, you know, not pushing away those feelings, right? So if you're feeling this way that, you know, I am struggling with, you know, the mental load, I'm struggling with all the hormonal changes that is very different than pre-mom, right? Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I didn't realize how much more scattered my brain would be mm-hmm. after becoming a mom. Like I, and I also, from a personal aspect, I always prided myself on being very clear minded, right? Like I could be very sharp thinking. And then after I became a mom, that changed. Like I had a lot more on my mind and I wasn't as sharp of a thinker. I'm obviously, I consider myself to be very bright in, in many ways, but there was a reality there that that shifted because of the hormonal changes, but also the load that we take on as mothers. And so what helped me a lot was, Rather than saying, why am I not like this? Why am I feeling this? Why am I not? Like, rather than mm-hmm. saying that, those phrases to myself, it's here is where I'm at right now. Right now, I'm in a mental capacity that background noise, I can't handle anymore. I used to be able to be able, you know, multitask, right? You can mm-hmm. sit and, and work on something and then you could hear like your child's cry or you could hear um, the music on now. I can't do that. So now I have to understand, well, here is where I'm at now. I'm not going to push away these feelings or, you know, going back to expectations, society puts a lot of expectation on us, but we also put a lot of expectation on ourselves. I mean, right. I blame society for a lot. I yeah. do, meaning a lot of the, um, the gender stereotypes that we discuss, the expectations of mothers slash women and the lack of support from, you know, especially the U.S. government mm-hmm. for all the things that society expects us to do, but we don't have the support for. Besides that, which I do believe is a huge reality and we can never, ever say that it's not. It's also the expectations we hold for ourselves in terms of I should be this certain way, or maybe I need to be this. And yes, that's coupled with societal expectations, but it is our responsibility to kind of say, here is my reality with the resources I have with my partner, um, with the time, you know, maybe your partner works outside the home and you are home with your child, or maybe you work also and saying, I can only do what I can in my circumstances and not compare it to anyone else. And that is the problem that we have with societal comparison, right? Mm -hmm. Like the problem with these expectations on women is that society creates these standards, but these standards are saying that all women are doing the same thing at the same time. So a lot of societal standards are set from the 1950s when women were home with their children all the time. Mm -hmm. And we also didn't have all the things we have now to think about, you know, like the political issues that we have now, the gun stuff that's happening right now, like all the things that we have to think about as moms and also the cost of living, right? Right. There's a lot of things that have changed since the 1950s. So to hold women to a standard that, hey, yeah, you should do this and do this and you can be it all. It actually ruins a lot of women's happiness because 
in a human sense, we cannot or should not be doing everything, right? We need help. We need support, whether that's in our careers, whether that's as a mother. And that is where it can start to feel like it crumbles a little bit because you're like, I have to do, you know, wake up and take care of my daughter. And then I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I have to cook. And then I have to prepare this. And it's like, at some point you're like, no, I want to rest. And we want to embrace resting for women and moms. And I don't think our society really allows mothers to do that. We're like a go-getter mindset, but we all need rest and that's mental rest. And that's also physical rest, which I don't think we do enough of. Right. And then not feel guilty about doing yes. when we do it. And But why do we feel guilty? I think, I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like we feel guilty because of societal expectations. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with factor meals because they're ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious factor meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. And it's a vicious cycle, right? Because Mm -hmm. society expects you to do something. And then you maybe, you know, you were raised a certain way, like I'm Indian American. um, And, you know, you have a societal expectation culturally also as well, right? right? That Mm -hmm. the woman is going to do this. Like I'm speaking very honestly, my mom worked full time, as did my father, but my mom was the one who came home every day and did the cooking. And in my head, when I was growing up, I thought that to be very abnormal. I was like, why are both of my parents working? Mm -hmm. But yet my mother is the one that's the homemaker on top of also bringing home equal, basically, you know, equal hours of work. And to me, I was like, that makes no sense. And also, even if a mother is at home with her child full time, right? Like just using the term stay at home mom, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that a father can't pitch in and do stuff that's part of the household. Because being at home with a child all day is work, 
Exactly. It's a lot. Yeah. You know, it's not just like you're you're not putting your feet up and just like having a relaxing day. It's work, but it's not bad work. It's just it's work. Like I love going to my job, but it's busy, right? Mm-hmm. Taking care of a kid at home all day is busy. Your mind is constantly mealtime, this, that. So it's all of these societal expectations. It's how we were raised. It's even I agree with you completely. The modern day US and also just cultural expectations of women. And like I said, without the support from, you know, the political level or like the federal level to support us in terms of childcare and affordable childcare. And if a mom wants to breastfeed, lactation support and all of these things that we lack in a very developed country and just it doesn't meet what societal is expecting us to do. And that's very hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the pushing away of the feelings is one thing that I try not to do, you know, um, and it means embracing the situation that you're in. And when I say that, it does not mean that you are saying that this is an okay situation, but it helps in healing in the sense that when you say that this is the reality I'm in right now, here's where I am. And I need to know what is not working in this reality. And being okay with saying that to yourself is, I think, one of the biggest steps we need to do first and foremost, because that is when we're going to see change, right? So if you tell yourself, it's fine, it's fine, I'll just keep doing it, I'm fine. And you're not really fine, obviously, right? So it's really important to say, I am struggling right now because I need help with X, Y, and Z. And when you start to do that, then you can start to ask for the help if you're able to get it, whether that's through a partner, whether that's hiring someone, whether that's outsourcing some things. But it all depends on your resources, including financial and the people in your life, and also just, you know, where you are at. And that's why it's so unique. And then the other thing besides, you know, not pushing away the feelings is the story we tell ourselves. So, you know, we have reality and then we have the story we tell ourselves. So reality is a situation like I don't have childcare. Okay. That's the reality. I'm just using this as an example. The story we tell ourselves is I don't have childcare and, you know, I'm going to be burnt out and this, it's the extraneous extra things that we add to the actual just facts. The fact is maybe you don't have childcare and I'm using that as an example. So can you tell me like a situation that is frustrating you or you're finding hard so I can use this sort of story we tell ourselves um, in an example? Yeah. So I think the childcare example is a good one because I do go about my day and be like, oh, I don't have time. Like I don't have time Mm -hmm. to work out or I don't have time to, you know, do some stretches or and, you know, these are all things that would help me feel better because I just feel like my body is still really achy and, you know, just constantly moving all day or just being around my daughter, going to playgrounds and stuff. It just feels like I'm not incorporating more time for taking care of my health. So I think, yeah, childcare would be, and my husband works full time. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, he's working from home. So I do get those quick breaks, um, just short breaks. And then he's home like right after because he's working from home. So he's home. There's no commute time that I have to wait for. But I mean, it's just been amazing that he's been able to help and support in that way. But it's like, I feel like during the day, I just I feel like I don't have that time to like read a book or, you know, just sit for a bit. And it's just whatever the toddler wants to do I'm doing with her or, you know, just trying to entertain her. Like my life is revolving around her, which I mean, kind of makes it sound a little bad, but I like, it's not always like, it doesn't always sound as depressing, you know, like I do enjoy it. It's just that sometimes it can get to 
just being too much. It's like, oh, all I do is just, you know, take care of her, take care of the house. And I'm losing that time to take care of myself. So I think that if I had childcare, just a couple hours a week, and again, like, you know, you have to do the whole process of finding that person and with COVID making sure, yeah. you know, I feel safe. And so it's just like, again, like I keep thinking and spiraling into all these different things that I have to think about. But yeah, that would just be one example. And that's a good one. And I, I'm happy that you said it exactly how you did, mm-hmm. because you said that it's going to sound like it's a bad thing. And that's the point of this whole conversation mm-hmm. is that so many of us feel guilty about saying these things when it's mm-hmm. a reality, yeah. right? Like I get it that it's a reality. The reality of your situation using this example is that you don't have the time that you want. Let's just say it like yeah. that, right? Yeah. In our ideal world, you would love to have more time for yourself. You would love to have more time for working out or not even just working out, just being on your own. Right. Okay? Yeah. And I share that same, same <laughs> feeling. Okay. Yeah. I think any one of us, any mom can say that any mom can mm-hmm. say that I wish I had more time to just be at peace. Like, no, no one asking me anything. No one telling right. me like yeah. they need something. Uh, Two year old's foot not in my face. Like I mean, we all would want that. So your reality of your situation is that you do not have time. That yeah. is the reality, and I agree with you. You can't take away the reality. You do not have a lot of time for yourself. Okay. So, but the story you tell yourself is what you added to that part, which I'm happy that you added because it's, I'm using this as an example that we all do this. This is not something that you're the only one who does it. I do it too. That you said that my world is revolving around my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I, in some ways, when you say it like that, it does feel like it's a negative. And this is a good point and a good teaching point because I do the same thing. And I have kind of had to train my brain and saying, here's my reality. My reality is I don't have the time to do everything I would love to do for myself. So, you know, I've been there, you know, the weekends that my husband is working three days in a row and he's not around because he's working. I'm alone with Ryan. And I do get into that story. I tell myself of, I'm so tired. I want my own time. Like my life is revolving around this, that I want more out of this weekend. You know, I don't want to just do this all weekend and just be at the beck and call of a toddler, you know, but that is the story we're telling ourselves. Correct. Because that is the extraneous things that I mentioned earlier that we're adding to the reality. The reality is that at this moment, I don't have time to do everything for myself, but the extra, like, well, it's because of this. And then I can't do this. And my son does this and all that. That is the fluff that we're adding that can add to that sort of feeling of, oh, my life is not what I want it to be, or my day isn't what I want it to be. And of course, that's okay to feel. But in order to reframe our brains and say, you know what, this is my reality. It's not ideal at this moment. You're allowing yourself to say to yourself, hey, this is what the situation is. I don't have time right now. And that is okay. I do have to take care of my child and that is the reality, but all that extra stuff of, you know what, well, this, and I don't have this and why not this, that is the extra fluff that doesn't help us in just accepting the reality that we're faced with. And also, like I said earlier, when you start to accept the reality, then you can start to find more peace in ways to kind of get to the phase of what you wanted, right? Like getting the child care. What is it that you want? Do you want two hours to be able to work out? Do you want 30 minutes to just sit in your room by yourself? and when you can start to feel those feelings of here's where I'm at, I'm not going to tell myself that this is some sort of awful reality, da, da, da. Yes, it can be. I get what you're saying, but I'm going to start to tell myself that, you know what? This is my reality. This is what I have to do with it. I am home alone with my child for the next three days, or I'm home alone with my child for two days. My husband's working or on meetings or whatever it is. 
that I'm going to have to do it. And going back to your first thing, it sometimes doesn't feel very fair, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. because, you know, I see a working father, like my father, my husband works and he, and I also work, right? And then he comes home and he gets this nice time to relax. And I'm like, dude, I want to relax. Like, I just want to sit and relax. But then the thing is, what we have to do is we have to really understand what is it that we want and effectively communicate that with our partner, right? Like say, hey, look, here is my reality here. And in a way that's not, we can do this in a way that's not complaining, right? I think there's a difference of like, hey, you don't understand. Like it's, you know, you don't get it. It's like, hey, I'm really tired today. You know, there's some things that I really love about today. Like I got to spend time with my daughter, da, da, da. But I'm really struggling with this. And using your example, I would just love to find someone to just come for an hour every day or two hours every day. And then working with your partner on making that a possibility for you. Maybe that might not be tomorrow. Maybe that might not be every day. But that is a great example because that is what I need to, by the way, personally. Like if I don't get just two hours to myself to either work out or just be on my own in that three day stretch, I'm going to be a zombie. Mm -hmm. And I'm actually going to, like we said earlier, that is when your cup gets way too full because you're not allowing yourself to understand here's my needs, right? And I want to make it happen. Now, the reality is going to happen sometimes that you're not going to have what you want, correct? Like you want the three, you have a three-day stretch where your husband's working a lot and you want the help, but you can't find the help. And I've been in your shoes. In those situations, how to get through it is really remembering that I know what I want. I know that it's possible sometimes, maybe you have someone coming to help with your daughter some days, but she's that person's not available the weekend that you wanted, just using as an example. Then you tell yourself and reframe and say, you know what? This weekend, it's me and my daughter. This weekend, it's me and Ryan. I use this example. And that's what it's going to be. But I know that I'll get help when I get it. And when I do get the help, I'm going to be very grateful for it. You know, So it's kind of leading this life of, here's my reality. I may not always get what I want, and that is okay. But then I'm also going to embrace it and really enjoy the heck out of my two hours when I do get it. And that is going to be something that is going to be very joyful to me and bring me happiness and really utilize that time for what you want to do. And I keep saying that because not what your husband tells you you should do, Mm -hmm. not what you think society expects you to do. Because maybe those two hours you want to sit in a room and just not have anyone ask you anything. No judgment. That is what you get to do with your time, right? It's There's so much expectation on what we should be doing with our mothering and with our time when we do have free time. And then also just being a mother in general, right? And it's draining because I want moms to feel like when you do get that alone time, don't feel like you have to do what society's telling you you need to do. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Maybe that means you go into a room and eat ice cream. Like, I don't care what it is, but yeah. it's, you got to think about what's going to bring you that peace in that moment, whether that is exercising, eating ice cream, um, screaming into a pillow. I don't care what it is, but it's really important to recognize what it is you need so that we can then get to the step of finding the resources to get you that help so that you feel more supported and less spread thin. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, thank you so much for like saying all that because it does come down to that. And like, I think that's something that either like OBs or at some point, midwives, something like when, I don't know who, but somebody, when a mom becomes a mom, I think like it should be common knowledge. You know, we should emphasize how much we need to take care of our own needs first Yeah. I mean, and you are what, you know, we call the default parent, which Mm -hmm. a lot of women, you know, we talked about, you mentioned earlier, but a lot of women tend to be the default parent in society. And there is a huge drain in being the default parent. There is a huge drain in always being that go-to because like I said, it's okay being the default parent if you have your the time for yourself, if you have all of that, you know, then you're not going to feel as bad about being the default parent. You're like, right. oh, my kid just wants me. But we, we're going to label that when it feels uneasy, when it feels drained, because it's a, you don't have that time for yourself, like you mentioned. And you mentioned that you are, you're not working at this moment, meaning outside the home or with a paid job outside the home, right? right? No, not you are the terminology, which again, I don't love all the terminologies because it's like, <laughs> we're all working. Okay. But yes, you are quote unquote, I understand a stay at home mom, which of course is work in itself. Uh-huh. And so, yes, you're the default parent. I know a lot of working parents who are the default parent, right? Like I am a working parent and I'm the default parent. And there is some resentment that can happen with the male or the other partner who's not the default parent, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that's, it's a reality. And I think a lot of these things can help again in starting the process of communication, because I do consider ourselves very fortunate to have a partner. Yes, I know very it's very, fortunate. I'm not trying to belittle our situations and saying that what we're going through isn't important because it is, but I also am very grateful that yes, um, I am grateful to have that second income and that person who yes, is there. But there is obviously that reality, like I mentioned, that it is hard when they are working and that you are doing everything and all the hormonal changes and mental load and the default parenting. And I think it does come down to societal expectations and our expectations as well. And we can't control 
what society is going to say. We can't change societal expectations overnight, right? We're having so much difficulty already changing rules in this country. Right. But what we can change is the expectations we have for ourselves. And that is going to take a lot of work, but that is also the work that we need to do to combat societal expectation, but also to bring us more peace in our relationships with our partner, in the relationship with our child and the relationship with ourselves. Because when you start to say, society is telling me that I should be doing X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to use the example of cooking. Society, as well as my mom, tells me that I should be cooking every day, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's what my mom did. But to be completely transparent, I'm not a great cook. And even if I could follow a recipe, I don't find joy in cooking. It's not fun for me. I don't like it. It's some people just really like it. I don't like it. And so for me, it took a lot of saying to myself, society is telling me that the woman should be the one who cooks. Actually, no. In our situation, I don't like cooking a lot. So I will kind of create quick meals or I talk to my husband. I'm like, look, I don't really love cooking. You can cook. We can get a meal delivery kit. You know, we'll use our resources to figure out a way that we can make it so that I don't have to do something that I really don't love doing that society tells me that I should love to do. Um, And this is just one example, because when you can start to say to yourself, well, you know what, society, I don't agree with all of your expectations and all of that. And that is okay, because I do other things well, right? And that is what that identity shift that you're mentioning. Also, it's really finding that balance and saying, I may not be amazing at what society expects women to do, aka cook, but I'm very good at doing other things. And Let's just also redefine all the gender stereotypes. You know, it's okay if a male cooks. It's okay if a male does the laundry. It's okay if a woman assembles furniture. Like I'm just using all these gender stereotypes that myself and my partner have switched around many times, right? Like I'm the one who's unpacking and breaking down boxes during our move and putting together furniture while he's setting up the kitchen, right? Mm -hmm. It's breaking all of that societal expectation and finding what works best for you and your partner and nobody else. Yes. Yeah. And that's hard, you know, because of all the expectations that we hold for ourselves. Well, this was amazing. Is there anything else you wanted to add or any other points that you wanted to add to the conversation? No, I'm just uh, processing it all and hoping to get started on working on these expectations and looking forward to a conversation with my husband and, you know, like talking more with him just about like, all of this. And I think having scheduled conversations really helps because we just get so busy with day-to-day life that we don't always get that time to touch base. So I think if we like schedule at least once a week or, you know, a couple times a week, I think it'll be really, really helpful. Thank you so much. Of course. And, you know, that to me, I think is my biggest take home is, you know, what I share here and on these Monday mornings episodes is, all stuff that is real life, you know, um, I am so glad that I could have fellow moms and dads are welcome too, but most men have not asked to be on the podcast yet. Um, but it's just, it's all real stuff that I think all of us go through, but not all of us talk about. Yeah. Um, and so I really appreciate you for coming on and speaking about these issues that are just so heavy and so important. And regardless of if a woman is a first-time mom, second-time mom, whatever, or whether she works in the home, outside of the home, stay-at-home mom, whatever terminology you want to use, we're all going through very similar experiences in maybe different, you know, different situations. But it is so important to remember that. And you brought up that 
final point, that biggest thing is the conversations we have with our partner and the conversation we have with ourselves, the story you tell ourselves, but also the acceptance and understanding of a situation and also taking that moment, taking a deep breath and communicating it as effectively as possible with the partner, right? Right. Um, I have been there too. My gosh, like I've been there where my frustration and my anger or my burnt out, you know, I'm so burnt out and it comes out in the conversations I'll have with my partner, my husband, because I'll say, you know, well, you don't do this and this is how it's going. And that also doesn't add to productivity in a conversation and finding a solution, right? The, Mm -hmm. well, you don't do this and I do this and you don't, the lack of a team, right? Like it's really about saying, Hey, I'm feeling this way versus you are doing this or not doing this, right? Right. Because you can't truly speak about what the other person is feeling or thinking. And then also when you say you don't do this already, that person's just going to shut down. So it's really about always talking about your feelings. Hey, sweetie, I am feeling X, Y, and Z. I am feeling this. And that person, that partner may say, you know, oh yeah, I hear what you're saying. Let's see what we can do. If they dismiss it, it's so important to remember that we keep the conversation going, right? Like, right. hey, I'm feeling like you're not really understanding what I'm saying and that's okay if we can talk about this again. But it really comes from saying, I am feeling this way in those conversations. And that is really hard when you had a long day. You know, I've been there where you feel like, gosh, can you just take the load off of me right now? Um, and that is something that I'm also working on, which is why I love sharing these tips because it's stuff that I work on and I see benefits from doing these things. And that's why I love to share it, right? Because I'm like, yeah, I do need to be better at not saying you should be doing this or why don't you do this and saying, I am just feeling this way about the situation. So I think that's going to be really helpful for you finding more peace and also just obviously the relationship with communicating with your partner. And again, not pushing away any of these feelings that are very normal. Yes. I'm excited to try all this. Yes. And I love that you're, I can hear your daughter in the background. This is a real life (laughs) podcasting. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I really love having parents on the podcast to discuss very normal situations that we often don't talk about. And I want to wrap up this episode with some take-home points. You know, the mom I talked to is struggling with the resentment from societal expectations that have been placed on women and mothers. And I think many of us can agree that they are a reality. So changing the stereotypes and the narrative we have around mothering in society is going to be very important. But the take-home points I'm talking about is how do we navigate this resentment and this sort of feeling like I'm doing it all and society is expecting me to do so much and I frankly don't want to or can't do it all because we can't. So number one is really important not to push away the feelings that you're feeling and know where you are in the current moment. So when you start to push away and saying, well, I don't need to do this and I shouldn't be feeling this way and I just need to suck it up. Okay. In some respect, then yes, we have to accept the reality that we're in. I do agree with that. But when you start to push it away, it's going to persist, right? What you resist persists. So if you keep resisting it and saying, well, no, 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 I shouldn't feel this way and I'm supposed to do this. It's going against what you're actually feeling. So we need to accept our feelings and say, I don't like that this is happening, or maybe I like that this is happening. And when you start to do that, then you're going to be able to communicate your needs with your partner if you have one, loved ones if they are able to help if you are a single parent. But this is so important to remember not to push away and brush those feelings under the rug, because let me tell you, they can come up and bubble up at the times that we don't expect it. They can come in front of our children, 
They can come in the form of us yelling at our partner. It's so important to remember that we have to speak what's on our mind in a coherent way, in a non-emotional way, so that we can get our point across and get what we want out of our mothering and out of our relationships with others. Number two is reframing, but also that story that we tell ourselves, like really watching when we're adding extra narrative to a reality. So of course I mentioned that we have reality in a situation and then we have that extra content that we add that is coming more from an emotional place. Is it bad to add that narrative? No, because again, you're feeling your feelings and that's what it is. But you want to watch that you're not adding all this extra fluff to a reality of a situation. An example that I didn't discuss with the mom on the episode is if your partner is not helping around the house and you tell your partner out of your resentment towards societal expectations, you never do this and you never do this. You want to really step back. Okay, what is the reality in the situation? Is the reality that they never do it or maybe that they don't do it as much as you would like? Because there is a situation there that is very different. In one, you are saying never is a very absolute word, right? Always and never. You kind of want to stay away from those things. But if you say never, is it really never? If, because if it's really never, you really want to have a conversation in a nice way of like, how can we make it where it's more balanced in some way based on the resources and time that we have? But when you start using things like never, again, that is a narrative you're telling yourself that you never do this. You never do this. You want to make sure that you are looking at the reality in a situation. When we have resentment, whether it's towards a partner, whether it's towards societal expectations, we can tend to say always, never use those words. But I really want to watch the story that we tell ourselves. It's very important to separate what is actually happening and what is the emotional narrative that we're adding to it. This is so important because if we're leading a life of an emotional narrative, we are separating reality from emotion and we are not going to be able to make bigger bounds and leaps in terms of causing the changes that we want, like I said, with principle number one, because we are constantly in this mindset of this is happening and why me and this and that. So you really want to watch the story that you tell yourself. And the last and final one, which is very important for me, is managing expectations. I mentioned this with the mom on the episode. Managing expectations comes down to how you manage the expectations for yourself. You can't control what society is going to say, what your mom is going to say, your mother-in-law. You really can't. I wish we could. It's important to set healthy boundaries, but you can control the expectations you hold for yourself and your partner and really manage those and how you view yourself. Managing expectations is one of the biggest things that has brought me so much joy as a mom. And as I get more and more into my motherhood journey, I find that managing expectations becomes more and more important. There's so many things that are out of our control. But when you start to manage the expectations of what do I expect of myself as a mom? What do I expect of myself as a wife? What do I expect of myself in all the different roles? What do I expect of myself just as me? What are my dreams? What are my goals? It goes back into that identity and what is it that you want and manage the expectations that way. When you have these high lofty expectations of yourself that have been created from society and you don't meet them, you're going to beat yourself up. You want to really look at the resources you have. I mentioned that with the mom on my episode that you can't just say, well, so-and-so does this, so I'm going to do the same thing. Everybody has different resources. So look at the resources that you have in your situation manage your expectations from there so that you can find more peace and more joy and block out all of that extraneous noise that society can sometimes bring to us in motherhood. 
Thank you for tuning in for this episode. I'm so grateful for this community. If you love this episode and any other Monday mornings with Dr. Mona episodes, please make sure to leave a review and rating. It means so much to me. And like I said, it really helps this podcast grow. And I will talk to another parent next week. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast.